You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin our um, conversation here today by calling in the spirits. So I call out first to your ancestors and to my ancestors. I call out to all of those who've gone before us, on whose shoulders we stand. I call out to all that is good and true and beautiful in each of our ancestral lines. And I ask these ancestors to be with us here today to gather round, to help us to learn uh, from the mistakes that they made, to gather strength from the places that they prevailed. And to open our minds to hear the wisdom they have to share with us so that we might go forward um, learning um, from those who have lived full and beautiful lives on this beautiful earth prior to our being here. And I call out to these ancestors to help us, to help us because we stand between the ancestors and those who are coming. And those who are coming need us to do what we have come here to do. And so I call out to these ancestors in particular to support us, the living, in discovering what it is that we are uniquely here to do and to do it with courageous hearts so that what needs to be present for those who are coming is here. And I ask the ancestors to have compassion for us and to remember how challenging it is to be faced with the everyday ins and outs of embodied life. We ask them to help us to find the beauty, to find the joy, and to find the passion and the compassion in each day. So with the ancestors gathered round, I give thanks. I give thanks for their presence and for holding us well. And with the ancestors holding us, I ask each one of us now to send our energy from our heads to our hearts and our hearts to our bellies and our bellies down through all the layers of the earth. And in this way, let us reach out to the earth and give thanks. Give thanks for this day. Give thanks for the beauty and the wonder of life. And give thanks for the challenges and all of those gifts that we have been given that are currently disguised as crises or challenges. So we give thanks to the great diversity of all that is manifest in form. And thanks to the earth for the miracle of life. And as we reach down into the very center of the earth, let us draw the energy of the earth up, just like a fresh bubbling spring found on a hot, hot, long hike in the mountains. Let us treat the energy of the earth as that precious water on that hot day and draw the energy of the earth up into our body without hesitation, allowing every cell of our body to be replenished and renewed and restored by the energy of the earth. And let the energy of the earth move through us and bring to us the wisdom of manifestation. And may we use this wisdom to find grounding, to find place and home and hearth 
and to draw that energy so clearly into our life that we take it wherever we are and do not tie it to a place and in that way give the earth burden. We call out to the energy of the earth to move so strongly through us that we feel belonging no matter where we are, that we know it through our relationship with our ancestors and our descendants. And we do not place that burden on others. And we call out to the earth to move so strongly in us that we feel connection and interconnection and ultimately the great web of life that is the oneness of all things. And may we take from that web of life our sense of right relationship with ourself. And by that I mean may we take from the oneness of life our understanding of why we are here. And from that, come into right relationship with others, right relationship with our environment, and right relationship with the spirit world. And in this way, let us know our place in the oneness of all things and relate to others accordingly. And we draw the energy of the earth up and in and through our bodies, from our bellies to our hearts and our hearts to our minds. And we send our energy up and out through all the layers of the sky and whatever weather it holds for you today, out through the cosmos, all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you call that power, it matters not. Reach out to it. See yourself reflected in this energy and this energy reflected in you. And draw this energy in, not as the other, but simply as this reflection of who you truly are. And we draw this divine energy in, into ourselves, into our proceedings here today, into the day itself. Drawing in the energy of protection, the energy of blessing and generosity, the energy of devotion, and the energy that is the benevolence of all things. And we call in with this energy all of the wisdom of the cosmos and all the wisdom of those star ancestors who went before us. We call this in and help us to understand how to be uh, humanity here on this planet in its place in the great wonders of our universe. So we draw the energy from above down, drawing it into our head, into our heart, into our belly. And we invite the energy of the earth and sky to mix and mingle within us into the exact perfect blend that will bring us into balance today. And from this dance of the yin and the yang, grandmother fire and uh, grandfather fire and grandmother water, we invite the heart to be born, to be awakened, to be brought alive through that dance of the Tao within us. And we call out to the spirit of the heart to open up as the crucible that it is, that is able to hold without destruction the fiery passions of the lower chakras and the crystal cool clarity of the upper chakras and to bring these two energies together so they do not annihilate each other, but they create a dynamic tension out of which emerges your own sense of your soul's true purpose. And we call out to the heart to be that crucible that we might come to know why we are here and find that heart memory that resonates not in our head. and It isn't delivered from God's on high, but it lives in our heart. Our heart remembers why we are here. And may we find that heart memory today. And from that heart memory, may we come up with a great, innovative, creative idea of how to express our soul's purpose, large or small, in some way in this day. And may we find in that same heart the courage to do it.
So with the ancestors gathered round, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart here in the center of everything, I give thanks to the spirit energies that support us in this day. I give thanks in particular to the spirit of the land on which I live and the great spirits of the land that hold this region. I give thanks to the great spirits of the land of all the regions of all the listeners at any time. And in this way, I hope that I'm giving thanks to all the great spirits on this whole planet. Thank you all for gathering around the living and helping us to do what we have come here to do. Speaking of helping me to do what I've come here to do, I'd like to give thanks to Paula and Indrek and John and Malama and all of the listeners who have donated to the show over the past week. If this show is meaningful to you in any way, if it moves you into the heart passionately, inspirationally, or into frustration and distraction, however it moves you in the heart, know that you've been moved. And if you are moved in the heart, please allow yourself to feel that essence of shamanism, which is to be moved and motivated by the heart, to understand the heart as the mediator of power, and to let that motivation move you into action in some way. Uh, You are welcome to join the ranks of people supporting the show. I hope this year in 2013 to be 100% listener supported again. Last year was the first year and it was a great blessing. And I hope that you'll all help me to meet that goal again this year. And if you're not able to support financially, understand that we are equally grateful for those of you that are sharing how you're using the show in your lives how you are sharing the ideas in your journey circles, how you are sending in questions for the shows, ideas for shows, and otherwise using what you are hearing, not sitting back passively to be entertained, but listening in a way to be engaged and to bring these ideas into your life in some way. All of these things keep the show alive and well and valuable, and I thank you for all of it. Um, We are in the process of updating the Why Shamanism Now show site, Um, so be patient with us. If you have um, really important suggestions, you use the site and there's something you wish it did or you have um, a suggestion, please feel free to send those in as well. For those of you who haven't found the site, Why Shamanism Now has its own site, whyshamanismnow.com. The archives all live there, as well as on the Kodash Creator Network site and on iTunes. Um, The beauty of the show site is you can also click on the support button and donate any amount, large or small, in any currency. And we are equally grateful for every bit of it. Um, It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. So today's show, uh, we are continuing with this idea, this challenge, that if we are to participate in writing the new story for the people, for the new world that has begun in this time we've all chosen to live here, which means we are participating in writing the new story for the new world. But if we are to participate consciously and to actually write a different story, my suggestion is we look at it shamanically. And that we understand that we will need to cultivate new allies for the journey. Now, it's possible we might need to actually disally ourselves with old allies. I don't know for sure. But what I do know for sure is that there are very, very critical shamanic allies uh, that must become part of our journey as the people. If we are to craft a new story that will resonate with the song the earth is singing now for the new world 
And this is our responsibility, I believe, as the humans who are living at this time, to participate with the earth in the song she is singing about this new world. And I always like to try to create a process that is fun. As my niece told me wisely from her little nine-year-old brain many, many years ago when I was trying to craft um, a task for a group of teenage girls I was working with, she said, well, if you want them to pay attention, Aunt Christina, make it a game. And I found that to be a very wise suggestion. And so my sense here is we're faced with this enormous and challenging and sometimes frightening situation, which is that we are the writers of the new story. And we are challenged to write a new story. Perhaps if we made it a game, the new story might have more joy in it, might have more playfulness in it, might have more qualities of true young energy. So we began this um, conversation uh, with the idea that the unknown needed, we needed to ally ourselves with the unknown, not change the unknown to suit us, but to change ourselves to be a good ally for the unknown. Um, We also talked about the wild heart. And today we're moving on to complementary dualism or the Tao, this idea that is so fundamental in shamanic cultures. And we are actually live um, this week. And you are welcome to email me if you have a question. I'm at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org. You are also welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. Um, you can Skype in from anywhere. Um, so these are all the ways we are uh, welcome to have you connect with the show. So at the heart of shamanism is the pulse, the breath, the dance of complementary dualism, a Tao-like awareness of wholeness expressed in the manifestation of nature and found in the sustainable, practical philosophies of shamanic peoples around the world. Complementary dualism is a sophisticated and practical philosophical model for living a balanced life, uh, for healing and also for transformation. At its essence, complementary dualism offers respite from the lie of separation that overwhelms human consciousness today. So I posed this question on January 1st. How will we write a truly new story for the people, for the new world? And I strongly suggested then that we cultivate these new allies if we are to imagine that we are going to have a new journey. So think about it. When you go on vacation or on a journey with your family, I mean your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters, mostly the same things happen. Kind of no matter where you go, the same things happen. Uh, So if we want a qualitative new experience of the journey of life, we most likely need to cultivate new traveling companions, right? And that includes yourself. So for me, it includes me. I need to become a new traveling companion if I expect to participate on any kind of qualitatively new journey. So my suggestion here is that if we were to truly cultivate these new allies, the unknown, 
the wild heart, the Tao, and next week, the darkness. If we were to cultivate these energies as allies, then you yourself or we each would be changed in the ways necessary to experience a new journey and to participate in crafting a truly new story. We need to begin the new story at the beginning. On January 1st, I shared that in the beginning, from a shamanic perspective, in the beginning, there was nothing. And nothingness dreamt. No one knows why or how, but out of that dream, and it was a dream of love or life, no one knows, but out of that dream, living fire was born. Living fire was aware and it began to grow into light, blazing in the darkness of nothingness. And living fire illuminated living water, who was in that moment in her form of ice. Given the cold vacuum of space-time, these two had just been dreamt into. And what I love about this story is the reminder in it that is so simple. It programs our brain to realize that reality is first a dream. That all that is in physical form gets dreamt into form. It's not that the form dreams and then something happens. It's that the dream dreams and form happens. And then, part two, everything born of that dream is a dreamer because it's all one. So it's all the dreamer dreaming. So it's important for us as we reshape a new story that it is bound on fundamentally different principles. So back to living water and living fire. So living water is the not yet known. It's of the dark and of the place of stillness. And I call her grandmother water because it helps me to remember she's an ancestor. She is perhaps the oldest right there with grandfather fire. So grandmother water helps us to bring healing, reconciliation, and at the best of times, even peace. So living fire or grandfather fire is the known, what, what is now known. It is the light and it is the movement. So together, fire and water were born of the dream. And as I said, this is my creation story. I really do believe that this is the beginning. And what, what's important to understand, and this is something that I came to understand in college, pursuing science, hard science, so that I could come to understand the world around me. And that's really why I studied science. I didn't really want a profession as a scientist. I didn't, at that time, want a profession at all. I wanted to understand where I was and why I was here. And this is the purpose of the story of the people. The only problem for me as a child and as a young woman is that the collective story of the people never set well with me. It felt like a lie. I come to understand now that it felt like a lie. At the time, I was just figured I was the one who was wrong. But what I see now is I felt from the very beginning the lie inherent in the old story of the people, which is the lie of separation. So for me, as I read shamanic creation stories, 
and saw this nothingness dreaming and birthing fire and ice. In so many different ways, the same story is told. I came to feel the peace in the heart when the truth chord is resonating. And this is why for me, this is my creation story. People are always shocked to find out I really don't believe in religious creation stories at all. None of them. None of them make any sense to me. This is my creation story. It really is for me this simple and this complex. And I believe if we are to build a new story, we must begin in truth and simplicity. So in this time of transition, as we craft this new story of the people for our new world, our creation stories matter. One theme you see repeated in infinite ways in the creation stories of shamanic peoples is the emergence of the first man and the first woman, or fire and ice, or yin and yang, together. There is no Adam coming before Eve. There is no Lilith before Adam. There is no one before the other. It is not linear. They are not linear stories. They are circular. And the essence energies of our experience, this yin and yang of life, man, first man and first woman, they emerged together, two aspects of one energy. Whether you're talking to the Shuar who are speaking of the first man and the first woman emerging together from the waterfall, the great waterfall from which the first people came. Or you're talking the be- about the beginning of everything in form, of nothingness dreaming. That, that these essential energies emerge together because they are simply two aspects of one thing or the two aspects of everything, the in and the out, the pulse of life, of all life. And even without understanding the math and the science, shamanic people understood this. And it is their creation stories that resonate as truth in my heart and bring my heart peace that I can come to understand why I am here and why here is here. Where did we come from and why are we here? And therefore, what am I doing and how do I do it? This is the importance of the story of the people, is it must guide us from truth into integrity, into joy. So the important thing and in these shamanic stories is that these energies emerge together because they have to. Neither exists without the other. Alone, each is a path to death. Life comes from their wholeness together. So if we are to participate in crafting a story for the people that will result in a qualitatively new world, we must follow the lead, I believe, we must follow the lead of these ancient ancestors. We must accept the true nature of our existence and the fact that we are always experiencing two aspects of one energy in the complementary dualism of yin and yang. And the Tao. I have never, even as a child, when I, well, it was just a child. What did I know, right? I still never felt right hearing these women who were largely angry 
wanting a return of the goddess and to have the women all take over from the men who were blowing it. Now, it's not that I don't actually agree that in the patriarchal system that was dominant in this old story that we collectively weren't blowing it. I I agree. However, it never felt right to me that simply moving from one side of the polarity to another was going to solve the problem because the problem is inherent in one or the other, Adam and then Eve or Lilith before Adam. This linear thinking, this, this antagonistic idea of dualism, this in and of itself is the problem. It doesn't matter who ends up running the show if only one is running the show. And that is the fundamental new understanding that we need. And this is what would come from this new ally. So my proposal is that if we could get this, if we could truly get this into our bones, then we will need to cultivate new allies on this journey of our existence. Because our old allies, well, it's like they're all limping along with only one leg. You know, we need to be able to move from a place of wholeness. And so our first aspect of that is we, we need to be willing to call in the unknown. We cannot just honor the known, the provable, the factual. Because um, some of the best things in life simply can't be proved. And that there is much that is unknown. And what gives my life spice is that there is a great mystery. And that it will remain a great mystery for my entire life. And that is interesting. Would you really want to live in a world where everything is already known? That sounds horribly boring to me. Anyway, so the first challenge was to come into right relationship with the unknown, to be at peace with the unknown and to accept that the unknown is not the enemy. The journey question that I offered in that show was what would it feel like if the unknown were a trusted ally? And then the second question would be what steps do you need to take to make that so? So our next ally on the journey uh, would would need to be the wild heart. And the wild heart um, is about the idea, the fundamental idea that we must learn to feel again. But not only feel again, we must cultivate the discernment and precision to sort out adult feelings from wounded child feelings. And that we must engage and we must value The news story must contain, again, the value for daily practices that allow our adult to meet those unmet needs of the wounded child so that wounded child can complete its process, can heal and let go and allow our energy to resume and restore in wholeness in present time so that the child archetypal energy can function as a true archetype, not always in shadow of the child. And this requires feeling. And so for those of you that live in a pharmaceutically assisted state, legal or illegal, that keeps you from feeling, this is a great challenge. And from my heart, from my heart with tears in my eyes, I say to all of you, you must have the courage to feel again. 
and that through drug use, recreational drug use, through addictive drug use, through pharmaceuticals, through prescriptions, you must find a way to heal that dynamic between the adult and the child. And the only way to truly do that is to find the courage to feel again. And for many of you, that will not only require courage to get out of a chronic state, but it will require shamanic healing. And I encourage you to find that with, a, with an initiated shamanic practitioner. Because this is essential if we are to create a new story that is not to be driven by the wounded child, which has been one of the ultimate results of the old story from my perspective, is that in the end, it wasn't the men dominating. It was the wounded children. And wounded children are not in the wisdom of the child. They are in fear. And this is where we were at the end of last year, in a deeply fear-driven place. And so the new story needs to be based on something else. So feelings are required. From my perspective, feelings are required in the new world. However, they must be the feelings of the mature spiritual adults. So the journey question I offer here is, where is my wild heart? Most of us have misplaced it somewhere. So first is to find it. Where is my wild heart? And what steps do I need to take to restore true wilderness in my heart? Now, for those of you that I was just describing who have seriously altered your state through pharmaceuticals or um, recreational drugs or whatever you want to call it, this may be quite the journey. And I encourage you to take it. And if you need my help, I am here. But this is the journey that is always worth taking. So if we are to craft a truly new story in our time for the new world, we must have the courage not only uh, to be the dreamers that we were born to be, but we must also be the fire and the water in equal respect and regard. The old world sang a song of fire. It told a story that said, reach for the light and fear the dark. Trust only what you know and reject entirely the not yet known and unprovable. And most of all, keep moving. For in the stillness, you will meet things you are not equipped to deal with. Better avoid them. This was really what the old story told us. It was a song of fear, not born out of fire. It was a song of fear born out of false fire. And this is something that we must understand. Fire is one of the essential elements. Nothing happens without fire. But what the old story did is it stripped stripped water from the fire. And what we resulted in, the full conclusion of that story, was false fire. The story tells of trusting, then, that envy and greed are the motivation for everyone's actions. So trust no one. It tells the story of arrogance and resentment as our relations with the other. It tells of obsession and boredom as a far better path than to risk diving into the unconscious mystery of the self. And it reveres ambition and aggression over all other possible courses of action, denigrates and considers most other courses of action foolish. 
It is the story of true young energy, of what began as true young energy, lost in excess, lost in falseness and stagnation and deficiency, because Grandfather Fire was revered by the people alone, and what we believe in gains power. We matter. We affect things. What we believe in gains power. What we do not believe in weakens and loses power. And so because the dominant story told us to believe only in the attributes of fire, of grandfather fire, grandmother water lost energy. Grandfather fire was revered alone and was lost without the love of his life, Grandmother Water. So this is the story of True Yong, lost and alone. It is also the story about a lie. And the lie is the lie that we could have ever separated these two great lovers. So it's also the story about the power of what we believe. That in our belief of only one and our um, villainizing of the other, we separated them. And the beauty of fire became an angry, bitter, lonely, lost old man. And that is the story that we lived in. It is a story that says reach only for the light. Yet it is in our darkness that we find rest and restoration each night. And so many of my clients struggle with insomnia. It comes from what we choose to believe in. And it is in our darkness that we find the unknown self who carries the reason that we are here. So many of my clients don't know why they're here. What gives their life meaning and purpose? Because we've all emerged just now out of a story of false fire. And this is the aftermath of living that story and believing that template of beliefs. It is in the darkness that we find our heart and our courage to love, especially to love again when we've been hurt. So in the new story for the new world, we are not alone. Grandfather Fire is not alone. Grandmother Water is not alone. Because the deeper truth is we cannot be alone. Our new story must tell of the release from the great lie of separation into the truth of the great dreaming the origin of all things, that our light illuminates our dark and our dark gives meaning and purpose to our light. And it is in this union, in this wholeness, that we will find the basis for a truly new story. So this must become our third ally. So how do we make this medicine for this bitter, lonely, old man of a story? The story of the old world became a bitter, lonely old man because he was separated from the love of his life by the lie that we are separate from God. The religions of the people that arose in the time of the old story all offer the path back to God, every single one of them. The word religion itself comes from the Latin religio or religere, meaning to tie together again. This refers to the reconnection of the creation to the creator. This is what religion promises promises us. But for shamanic people or pre-religious people, there was no need to tie together again. 
that the creation is not separate from the creator in the first place. They are one. It is a wholeness. First man and first woman emerged from the waterfall together. Fire and ice emerged from the dream together. They are one. They cannot and are not, cannot be separated. And they are not separate. There is nothing to be re-legioned. We have always been one. We will always be one because there is no other possible reality. We can create other realities with our misformed beliefs, but they result in nightmares. The old story delivered to us life on this beautiful earth that is unsustainable, constantly at war, constantly fighting from a belief in scarcity and polluting, horribly polluting and making toxic the very world that we live in. This is a nightmare. And it is absolutely the logical conclusion of the old story. So how do we find a remedy for this old story? This is the story of true young energy lost in excess, falseness and stagnation and deficiency. Because Grandfather Fire was revered alone without the love of his life, Grandmother Water, the yin. So how do we make a remedy for this lonely old man story? So this is the story of life in false young. It is the story of living unsustainably with nature, afraid of the darkness, the wilderness, the unknown, and paying for the excesses of today with the resources needed for our children. And policies based on scarcity that drive us from true value and balance in life. So where we have yang in stagnation, the story supports resentment and envy as a valid motivation driving policies and practices. So in other words, this is the story of the angry, bitter, lonely old man. And so the true yang becomes false. And false yang can be in stagnation can be in deficiency, it can be in excess. But what it means is it can't be true. It can't be what it was born to be. And so where their yang is stagnant, the story supports resentment and envy as valid motivation. And so what we must do is bring true yin into the storyline, sharing the tale of how compassion turns resentment And empathy turns envy. So this stimulates that stagnant yang energy. And then we can engage in the actions of true yang. And so in other words, stagnant yang energy has forgotten who it is. It's lost. It's the lost old man. It's forgotten. And so we must bring in enough yin energy to stir it to remind it, to move that energy so that the yang suddenly snaps out of its stupor and says, wait a minute, this is who I am. And so we bring in compassion to turn the resentment. We bring in empathy to turn the envy. In other words, I recognize my own capacity for envy and I have empathy for the parts of the story that are stuck in that. And I own 
that envy as my own and bring it that empathy so that it can move and transform. We cannot transform this old story by denial and separation. We must enter into these energies that are in excess and falseness and transform them with grandmother water. And so we must bring this true yin energy in and transform this stagnant yang energy. And then once it's moving, once it starts to remember who it really is, direct that energy towards what is true. Move it in real directions. So now in this old story, we also have excess yang. And where there's excess yang in the story, what is getting supported as right action is greed, obsession, and ambition. Now, I just described American business. I might have described a large portion of global business. So this is what I mean. I'm, I'm not just making empty metaphors here. This is what I mean. This is the manifestation of excess yang in, in the old story of the people. And it supports greed, obsession, and ambition as valid motivations driving policies and practices. So years ago, we had Enron and many other businesses, even cities, who gambled the pensions of their people and take no re- lost them and take no responsibility for putting that money back. That we have banks then, you know, fast forward a few more years, we have banks asking for taxpayer bailout while they refuse to refinance homes for those very same taxpayers and evict them. The same people that paid them, they evict them now from their own homes. And we have congressmen and women who are so ensnared in their own special interests. Hell, we had a president and a vice president so ensnared in their own special interests that they are unable and unwilling to serve the citizens of their own state, much less invoke the vision necessary to serve the citizens of this country. There is no reason the American Congress cannot figure out the right thing to do with our taxes at this point in time. It is so glaringly obvious. But the excess yang in that old story still supports greed, obsession, and ambition. So what is the remedy for this storyline? It begins in moderation. Moving these extremes of greed, obsession, and ambition into moderate yin energies of integrity, dependability, and accountability. So these energies, integrity, dependability, and accountability must be brought to life. And so as the storyline draws those excess yang energies back towards the center, back from greed and obsession and ambition, back towards the center through integrity, through dependability, through accountability, those very yang energies will see the emptiness of the yin well. Because this this old story with this focus on grandfather fire has emptied and depleted the reserves that restore us of the yin energy. And so as the yang... That was, there's nothing bad about the yang. It's just locked in this state of excess because of our beliefs, our story. 
So as we change the story and begin to move that excess yang energy out of greed and obsession and ambition, move it towards integrity, dependability, and accountability through our own actions, but also through what we require from those who are in leadership, right? Then that yang energy sees that empty yin well, and that is a disaster. And so that is the source, depleted and dry, and when the yang energy sees then the true cost of the excess in the movement of the old storyline, then we realize that we must go in earnest to sink this excessive yang energy back into the yin, <clears throat> where it gains understanding of its true value or valuelessness, of its significance or utter lack of significance and ultimately of its true nature because the true nature of yang energy which we have an excess of particularly in america right now right but the true nature of it is generosity not greed is creative expression not obsession and is devotion to all life not ambition that is the true nature of yang We have an overabundance of it right now if we can just get it to remember who it truly is. And so this is the beginning of our story. This is the beginning of our new storyline, is the healing of the false yang and the the reminder, the remembering of what the true gifts of yang energy are, generosity, creative expression devotion to life these are universal gifts of the yang they happen to be valued in shamanic uh, belief systems and this is why that's where i've put down my roots is in these shamanic belief systems because they are already whole they already understand the value of the yin and the yang together in their true forms So back to our old man and our storyline of this poor, tired, angry, bitter old man who stands at an empty well with the yin energy utterly drained to dryness by our beliefs in one and not the other. So where we have deficient yang in the old story, this is where the story supports boredom and listlessness. And the lack of will, we see this so clearly in our youth today, particularly young men. And we also see any workers who spend their blood, sweat, and tears in meaningless jobs that drain them of self-worth and self-respect. So this deficient yang state that says boredom and listlessness and your lack of will is required for your paycheck. This part of the story is evil it diverts people from their true destiny and that is the one true evil in shamanic beliefs and so where the old storyline speaks of this deficient yang energy where it is in this deficient yang energy we get this belief that it's okay for the people to be bored to be listless to be without will So the new story, so this story then, the old story then tells of love shredded by the disrespect of passive aggressive behavior. 
It tells of families estranged as a desperate act to survive the overwhelming despair that happens when aggression flips from passive to action. So the storyline here needs to find a remedy. And this begins, this deficient yang part of the storyline begins where we can find playfulness, where we can find the gentle art of blessings, where we can find the simplest act of healing, which is a cleansing. And in this way, we move this deficient yang energy out of deficiency into a moderate place, playfulness, blessings, blessings, cleansings, that the, this is yang in this gentle, moderate expression as it rises out of deficiency. And then, in this way, the yang begins to remember itself. It begins to remember what is possible. And then we must go or be pushed then into deep yang energies, the energies of completion, the energies of protection, and the energies of excellence. Jobs will be quit. Dreams will be picked up and risked again. Children will know their fathers can cry and still be a source of strength and that their mothers can champion their efforts and still draw a sense of themselves from devotion to their own dreams. So there's much that must change in the story if we are to allow this deficient yang energy to change. Jobs will be quit. Things will change as what we see as necessary work in the world if we stop requiring people to defer their destiny for a lifetime just to survive, just to put food on their children's tables. So dreams will be picked up again and risked and we must be willing to live with that messiness and children will begin to know their fathers can cry and still be strong and that when their fathers cry, the world is not coming to an end and children will come to know that their mothers have their own dreams and that their mother's hearts are big enough to champion their children's dreams while they support their own. So this old story of the lonely, aggressive, greedy old man can be transformed, and it must. She comes in, the shapeshifter, the water woman, and he is no longer lonely. She must be valued for her natural gifts, and if so, his aggression becomes his precise attention to that which he is responsible to protect, to bless, and to create. And as she accepts him, they are both made whole, and his greed becomes generosity and joy. The old story can become the new story so simply. We need only to see what is right, what is right here before us in every moment this complementary dualism of our world. This complementary dualistic concept in Taoism represents the continual interaction throughout nature where opposing forces do not exchange in opposition but instead exchange through reciprocity. All opposites are manifestations of the single Tao 
and are therefore not independent at all of one another, but rather a variation of the same unifying force throughout all of nature. So the old story can become a new story so simply. We need only to see what is right before us, which is the true nature of our physical world. It was born of the dream. And the first two dreamers in form were fire and water. And we are born of that dream. It is the same dream. It is all a great oneness dreaming itself. And yet we, the human part of this, have this incredible capacity that what we believe in becomes powerful. Not real, powerful. And what we don't believe in loses power. And so the new story needs to help us, the humans, shape what we believe in so that we believe in the things that will bring healing to the old story and allow it to transform into the new story. So how do we make medicine for ourselves? Right? We are the story. So how do we make medicine for ourselves to remedy the cultivation of false yang in our own life? So we are writing the story of the people every day through our thoughts, our words, our actions. So what story are you writing? Are you engaging yourself in your day in a way that you are becoming the new story? Or is your January looking pretty much like December, only a little bit colder? So what story are you writing? So ask yourself, where have I allowed aggression into the quality of my relationships? Where have I allowed aggression in my relationship with myself? Where have I allowed aggression into my relationship with my heart? Where have I allowed aggression into the quality of my relationship with my thoughts? How often does an aggressive critic come into your thoughts and dash down those ideas that are not yet proven? That's aggression in your thoughts. How have you allowed aggression into your dynamics with spirit? Where is there aggression in your relationship with your work in the world? Where is there aggression in your intimate life or lack of one? Where is there aggression in your community of friends or loved ones? And so the question, once you see where aggression has permeated your life story, because it was part of the dominant old story, what is the true yin that I must cultivate to transform this aggression I find in myself into precision? Another question to explore is where have I allowed arrogance into the quality of my relationships within myself, with my heart, with my thoughts, with my dynamics, with spirit? Remember, arrogance can be found equally in the perpetrator or the victim. It is found equally in the dominator or the subordinate. Arrogance is not found only in roles that appear powerful. 
Arrogance comes from the identification with any role. In and of itself, that identification creates arrogance. So this is why in the cycle work that I teach, the work focuses on the cultivation of all archetypes and identification with none. So the question here then is where is there arrogance in my relationships with my work in the world, in my intimate life or lack of one, in my community of friends and loved ones? And so once you find where there might be arrogance because you've over-identified with one role or another in these various facets of your life, ask spirit then, what is the true yin I must cultivate to transform my arrogance into excellence? And finally, if we are to cultivate this Tao or complementary dualism as an ally on this journey, we must ask ourselves, where have I allowed ambition into the quality of my relationships with myself, with my heart, with my thoughts, with my relationship with spirit? Where is ambition driving my relationship with my work in the world, in my intimate life or lack of one? with my community of friends and loved ones. And where you see ambition, ask, what is the true yin I must cultivate to transform this ambition into devotion? Remember that ambition is what you do to catch up with something that is outside of your own true nature. So devote yourself to the cultivation of your true nature and the gifts that you have come into this world to bring. Let the thoughts and words that arise from this devotion motivate your actions. Risk allowing your actions to express excellence. Become a precision instrument for the song your soul is singing. Become a precision instrument for the gifts your soul is uniquely blessed to bring to the world. So next week, we will explore our final um, story about creating new allies. So we'll explore the new ally with darkness. Darkness in its most sacred form is the remedy for light addiction and the controlling belief in a singular goodness. And so that's our topic next week. Um, I would like to give thanks to the spirits that held us here today, the ancestors who circled round the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. So I also wanted to let people know that um, I'm going to be taking a class I've been teaching here in Portland over nine months, and it's called Becoming a Person of Power. And it is um, an overview of all of the skills that I talk about on the radio show. Not an overview. It is, a, it is a gathering of all of the skills that I talk about on the radio show that are the fundamental skills in all of my shamanic teaching. And I'm going to do my best to offer this class that used to be residential here in Portland as a teleseminar. And that information will be forthcoming. Um, but I just wanted to let you all know that because those of you that listen to the radio show, I don't necessarily have all your names and emails and ways to let you know any other way. So I'm just letting you know that probably in late March, I'll be offering a teleseminar series 
that will also cover nine months. And in that, though, it will cover the full range of the basic skills that I am talking about every single week on the radio show. So just wanted to let you know that that's what's coming and invite you all to have an absolutely fabulous day as you cultivate your relationship with the Tao. Thank you, everyone.